Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. It's the second Sunday after Pentecost. It's the uh, 10 o'clock service. Welcome to all you folks online out there. It is second Sunday after Pentecost and Father's Day. And it's also Juneteenth. The actual day of Juneteenth is today. And uh, we have lots of music. We have uh, an incredible sermon, so be prepared for that. And we'd like to start this morning with a song called The Medicine. It's written by Alex Iono from a group in, uh, in New York City. And um, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I have been confronted with problems I could not find a way to resolve on my own. And uh, in the end, found myself needing to call on God. That's what this song asks in relationship to the problem of racism and the black story in this country for the last 400 years, The Medicine, The Medicine by Alex Iono. sickness here that threatens to divide us and we're all afraid to say its name out loud but Lord I know that you can heal us of this virus so we need you we need you right now there's a darkness here that's dangerous and aggressive it's getting harder every day to shake its power but Lord, I know that you can free us from oppression. So we need you, we need you right now. Cause we don't know what to do. So we'll turn our eyes to you. And we run out of words to say. But if you come and have your you can save us from ourselves Before our wounds hurt someone else We need you now What does it mean to have compassion for another? How can I claim to love a God I cannot see? If I can find the will to harm and kill my brother Cause he neglected to look like me and I can sing the song of men and song of angels I can give all my possessions to the poor but if your love can't move the mountains of my hatred somehow I missed you and I need you so much more cause I don't know what to do so I'll turn my eyes to I've run out of words to say You can come and have your way Would you save me from myself Before my wounds hurt someone else I need you now Cause we don't know what to do So we'll turn our eyes and we've run out of words to say You can come and have your way Would you save us from ourselves Before our wounds hurt someone else We need you now We need you now We need you now We Can't do it on our own. We need 
we were being blessed by this gift of music, I was, the question came in my head was, how did you get here today? Now, I, I, I'm not talking about the vehicle or the roads you took or this or that. But you know, a long time ago, there were decisions made that have shaped the course of history for eternity that have brought you here today. It wasn't just the power of your will or the fact that there, you didn't have any really good other options to do or whatever. You're here today because in the course of history that has been shaped for humanity, our Lord wants you to be here and that we are here together because we have need of one another. We have need of one another. We have need of the Spirit of Christ to be in our life and to visit us. So today through word and sacrament, we're going to be sharing in Christ's presence here with us now. And as just as a, an opening comment to remind you and to anyone who might be visiting, when we share the Lord's Supper, you're all invited. It is an open table. Everyone is welcome, our Lord invites us to come and receive his presence. So I'm glad for however the wind blew in such a way that shaped the course of history that you're here today and we could be here together. And I invite you, as you're able to please stand as we enter into worship, and we will do so in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gathering him, gather us in. <clears throat>
enter into prayer together in a litany in which we speak it back and forth. It's your church, O oh God. We offer our praise and thanks. We are grateful. For faithful fathers and others who have filled that role. For those who have difficult relationships with fathers. For words of forgiveness and grace. For welcoming prodigals home. It is your church. Everyone welcome. Black and white, and yellow or green, it does not matter. For this is God's church. Amen. If you've ever wanted to speak Swahili, this is your chance. <laughs> Sing with all your heart. together in prayer. O oh Lord God, we bring before you the cries of a sorrowing world. In your mercy, set us free from the chains that bind us and defend us from everything that is evil. We pray this humbly through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, and the people of God say, Amen. Please be seated for the hearing of Scripture. the second Sunday of Pentecost, and the first lesson is from Galatians 3, 23 to 29. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of the Lord. Juneteenth Sunday and Father's Day, I offer this song as a prayer. Mm -hmm. 
If I could have the world and all it owns, a thousand kingdoms and a thousand thrones, if all the earth were mine to hold with wealth my only Spend my gold on selfish things without the love that your life brings us a little bit more. It's all I need to life is too much for me. I'd rather be in the palm of your hand, though rich or poor I may be. Take me right through the circumstance, see the forest and I'm sure I want to believe in my heart that you don't take for granted the blessed the blessings we have by the musicians in this church the people whose joy it is sharing with us and Arnie thank you that was really beautiful it, I had a professor at seminary who said a successful sermon will have good music in the beginning and good music at the end a good story in the beginning a good story at the end and not much in between. <clears throat> well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> in every story, there is a genesis. Every story has to have a beginning. Because without the beginning, we don't know the context. And certainly in terms of Scripture and understanding the words of Jesus, we've got to know the beginning. Where does it start? Where does one begin to tell the story of a man who is simply called a demonic. A man just filled with evil, dark spirits, so filled with darkness and evil that his only community was a graveyard. He slept among the dead. Hold on to that image. We'll, have, we'll come back to that. He could not be held by shackles, which was a symbol of human restraint. He lived in a community, a community that's called Gerasene, which is on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. It's, this, it's a place of unbelievers, foreigners. It's not a place that holds anything intimate in terms of the biblical story that leads us to Christ. Yet, and here's the beginning, the context of the story of the text we will hear. Jesus says to the twelve, 
let's go over to the other side. Why would one want to go over the other side? It's foreigners. It's unbelievers. It's not people of the promise. Yet, that's where Luke begins to tell the story. And the 12, undoubtedly, kind of looked at each other like, well, okay. So they get into the boat and they go to the other side. And along the way, they have this little sidebar event with a storm blowing up and waves and water and Jesus calming the waves and the water. And, and they commented, it's not said in Scripture who it was, but said, Maybe they were just thinking this. Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Here's a clue. If the winds and water obey Jesus, what of evil spirits? So today's invitation for us to enter into the good news of God's love for all of creation begins with Jesus' words. These are the words. This is the genesis. This is the beginning. Let's go over to the other side. Begins with those words and culminates with the words of our gospel today, beginning Luke 8, chapter 26, verse. When they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee, as he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. And the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and, the, and, the, and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man for whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all of the people of the strong country of the garrisons asked Jesus to leave them. For they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. God is good. All the time. So I want to suggest to you that Jesus, let's go over to the other side, is a clarion call to all who would call Jesus Lord. And, as, and that often is not a comfortable call that our Lord makes of us. The call to go over to the side is an invitation to visit places inherently of discomfort, prejudice, fear, darkness, prejudice. Because Jesus, because according to Luke, if you want to find Jesus... You will always find him, and some of you will remember this in the past. You will always find Jesus among the least, the last, the lost, or the dead. That's a foursome of losers. But the call to go over to the other side is to visit with Jesus in those places. This is an interesting confluence, as Arnie mentioned, of national and secular holidays. We have Juneteenth and Father's Day. Did you know that Father's Day was first celebrated in Spokane? Yay, Washington, Eastern Washington, way to go. But June 19th is also, there's other national holidays, June 19th. Today is National Martini Day. So there's an idea for brunch, you know, afterwards. It's National Martini Day, you know. And if you can't handle that well, if that gets you out of a little hand, good news. It's also National Box Day. They'll find a way to get you home. That's what that's all about. There's National Garfield the Cat Day. And I got, and National Watch Day. And here's my favorite. 
This is June 19th is World Sauntering Day. Truth. Now, picture yourself sauntering into church as opposed to how you leave church heading for brunch and going back to watch the U.S. Open on TV. You know, sauntering. That's sauntering day. What an interesting conference. And now it all falls on a Sunday, though, where we gather to hear the gospel reading, reminding us of God's love for all people found in the good news of Jesus Christ. In Juneteenth, Juneteenth, we have a reminder of America's original sin of racism, which still taints many of the decisions that are made. As we also note, as it's a national holiday celebrating the emancipation of black slaves. But also, somewhere in this, we are reminded that dads are supposed to get their due as well. Yay, dads. But all of this, all of this is wrapped in Jesus with Jesus in this cosmic battle. Isn't it interesting that evil spirits know who Jesus is? Evil spirits are the first ones to declare who he is. Who are you, O Jesus, son of the most high, and what have you come to deal with us? Isn't that interesting, the first confession of who Jesus is? Because spirit knows spirit, and they declare who he is. And we have Jesus in this battle with this legion of spirits that are leaving one man crazy and a town terrorized. Emancipation. June 19th, 1865, Union Army General Gordon Granger rides with a full complement of Union soldiers into Galveston, Texas, and proclaims freedom for enslaved people. Now, this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Declaration and a month after the end of the Civil War. So General Granger had to say to Texas, you're a little slow in getting the message. You no longer have slaves. They are free. Emancipation. Legion. So the spirits self-identify. They were literally just a condominium full of spirits in this man. That that left him in a state of what's total enslavement. He can't go home. He can't be seen in public. A mind so out of control, so broken that chains can't hold him and clothes won't find him. He is a slave to evil spiritual powers, a possessed man longing to be free, banished from the community and family. His only home is among the dead. By the way, I once had one of my parishioners who said, after 18 years of or of 18 years of sobriety, when he heard this text, he looked back and said, that's who I was before I got clean, a slave. Emancipation. My father was the son of a tobacco sharecropper. My dad never got past sixth grade. He remembered the story of when his father died. He was four years old, and I think of how memories get stuck in a kid's life in a head because in our life, because my granddaughter is four years old, and I think, what events would she remember from that age? He remembers at four years of age, sitting on his father's deathbed, watching the hearse come for his father. It was a white, it was a white wagon pulled by a team of black horses. He spoke of the day when he was told he had to stay outside the chain-link fence as he watched the other children play in the pool. See, my father tanned very darkly, but the woman at the ticket booth said, you have to wait till tomorrow because Wednesday is the day for coloreds. My dad, my dad was a racist. Now, he didn't know he was. It was how he was raised. It was the world he grew up in. Now, there was no day of emancipation proclamation for my father, but I watched how my dad, over time, came over to the other side. And by the time of his passing, I dare say he was only one step short of a Black Lives Matter sign in the front yard, maybe two steps short of a gay pride parade, but I learned from my father, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And amazing what emancipation can look like. It is ever more amazing the power of Christ's spirit who drove out the dark spirits of racism in my father's life. 
And when I look back over his life, it's so clear to me that he was willing to get into the boat to go to the other side. Emancipation. A world freed from sin but yet lives in bondage. People who are saved but do not know how it is to live set free. It was to a group of seminarians of which I was a part of that the nun, the wizened, wise woman of faith, Catholic faith, proclaimed to this group of seminarians who thought they were going to set the world free for Christ, on fire for Christ. She said, you don't get it, do you? She said to us. It's not about the rules. Christians should be the most freed up people in the world, hands down. We have been set free. The gospel, the good news, has set us free. Emancipation. Yet we live in a world that is so broken. On a day designed to celebrate what emancipation should look like, it troubles our spirit and breaks us how polarized our culture has so desperately become and how desperate we are in need of Jesus' words to get in the boat and go to the other side. Polarization is evil. Now, each story has to have a beginning. Your life as a Christian has to have a beginning. I'm, I'm talking about like today, not back whenever you were baptized or whenever you were born. How does your story of faith begin today? What is it that we do today that somehow places us in a position where from the humility of our hearts we can open up and look for God to speak to us? It comes to us in these words. I'll show you right here. You're going to participate in them right now. Say with me these words. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. That's where we begin. That's our genesis. That's the place we start. Legion was no more captive to sin and evil spirits than we can be. The spirits that would lead us to division and spite are just a little more civilized and a little more subtle than those that dwelled in Legion. Thanks be to God, though. I mean, no one wants us to see us running around like the demonic was. There's some things you can't unsee. <laughs> Confession of sin centers the Christian's life of faith. It, it places us with Jesus, who is with the least, the last, the lost, and the dead. while at the same time it is our emancipation declaration because a morality that's born from the center of our heart an honest confession placing ourselves at the feet of Christ is a spirit that can change the course of history for eternity. It is a spirit that will not succumb to the evil disposition of political polarization As much as I may detest some of the language that comes out of the mouths of those who would enslave and polarize, polarize us in fear, Jesus reminds us that love is stronger than hate and light pushes back darkness. And that's the power we take with us into the world. Confession acknowledges that like the demonic, I too am a captive to sin, but I too am set free by the Savior who has come to us. Near the end of the text, there is an image created in Luke's words that I find inspiring and hopeful. When the people of Gerasene came to Jesus, they came in fear, by the way. Isn't that interesting? Rather than being... Excited to be set free, we would respond in fear to those who are free. When the people of Gerasene came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, 
sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. What an amazing picture of hope. Imagine. Kind of like a John Lennon song that we're not going to sing, imagine. But a world emancipated from the evil spirit of division, sitting in our right mind at the feet of Jesus. And we do so remembering that it begins with us. Jesus comes to us. And we are emancipated. We are set free. Amen? Amen. Six months ago, you sang a hymn. You sang a hymn with great fervor and excitement six months ago. You sang this hymn because without, maybe you didn't realize it, but you are asking for the life that comes from God when we're willing to go over across the lake, when we're willing to go over. So we're going to sing that song now. We're going to sing that song, and the words will be fresh to you and will remind you, but this is part of our anthem for this day. I ask you, if, as you're able to please stand. God is good. All the time. in the prayers of the church this day. Each petition has a slightly different ending, but you will know your response is, hear our prayer. Loving our neighbors as ourselves, we offer our prayers 
God, you created each person in your image. The two greatest commandments call us to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us truly love each other so that we can fully experience your love. God of love. God of hope. On that Pentecost day, you rejoiced with the people of so many languages and cultures as they listened to and heard each other's stories, despite their differences. On this June think day, help us put aside our fear of losing our power as we listen to authentic stories of oppression from real people in our midst and guide us to embrace systematic change that honors your gospel call to be one people through your grace. God of liberation, holy God, walk faithfully with those who find great joy in relationships and with those who experience the pain of broken relationships. Make the church a place where all people may come to know loving companionship. God of rejoicing. Gracious God, as we commemorate the end of legal slavery in our country, we celebrate the progress made and grieve the progress we have not. We celebrate the freedoms that black, brown, and other people of color have gained, and still we recognize the continuing sin of racism and bigotry and white supremacy in our society. We humbly repent, knowing that until all are free, none are truly free. May the good news of the gospel motivate us to love each other. May the ideals of our words match the practices of our lives. God of emancipation, hear our God of healing, may all those who grieve the loss of loved ones, who contend with the ravages of disease and who suffer any disabilities, know your saving grace and be surrounded by your angels bearing the faces of your people. May all those experiencing natural disasters and climate catastrophes find assistance and relief and reassurance that they are not alone. God of freedom, God our refuge and hope when race, status, or gender divide us, when community is threatened, Comfort us with your presence, that we may remember all you have done through Christ to whom we belong and to whom we are one. Amen. Amen. Peace the Lord be with you always. Go share God's peace with someone. Go introduce yourself to someone. in the gym to celebrate dads this morning, but I'm sure all of you non-dads could have a donut as well, too. Non-dads, is that a word? We'll say non-dads. All right, um, altar flowers this morning, beautiful altar flowers up behind me and as well as in front of the lectern, given by Sally Fifield and Dee Fulcher in loving memory of their husbands. Beautiful, beautiful flowers to remember today. Um, and then note there is a blue half sheet card ministry paper out on the table in the narthex with addresses for a couple of members who we're sure would appreciate cards. Um, Sandy Hewsome is home. She's okay, but she has COVID. 
So I'm sure she would appreciate cards. And then Wayne Shira has recently been put on hospice care. So um, again, I'm sure their families would appreciate cards. There are notes out there in the narthex. And then speaking of cards, Rindy Stewart is one of our members, and Rindy makes beautiful handmade cards and brings them to church for us to send out. So you can stop in the office anytime and look through the cards that Rindy has made and take those home and send those to whomever you choose. And just a note, Rindy has been in California for the last four months caring for her mother, and she's mailing cards to us in packages every few weeks. So I think Rindy watches online, so thank you, Rindy. Thank you. We so appreciate those. And again, stop in the office anytime and, and look through those cards. Uh, what else? Middle School Youth Group is meeting this week from 5 till 6.30 on Wednesday evening. This will be our final regular meeting for the summer. We'll have other fun activities going on later. And then next Sunday, I'm leaving for Camp Luther Haven with a group of middle school students. We're going over to Idaho. It's been three years since we've been there, and I'm just so excited to load up the van and get the kids back over to Idaho again. And then Vacation Bible School is coming up July 18th to 22nd. Always a wonderful week here. There's lots of information, sign-up sheets, volunteer forms in the gym, or come see me if you have questions. Thank you. And then Carl has a quick note. I do. <laughs> um, I neglected to mention last week that uh, there was a band in the house, Breaded Fish, and I'd like to say welcome back, and thanks to them. We'll be making uh, varied appearances throughout the summer, and then uh, today, um, Mr. Russell is making uh, a long day of it, and after he leaves here, he's going down to Tilth to play for several hours. So go find him at Tilth, get some good veggies and some good music at the same time, and thanks for being here. Thank you. And thank you to Pastor Tom for being here with us this morning. Always good to have you up here. Thank you. Thank you. Your, your spirit is generous, and I am grateful for that. And I, I have to say, as given my Brenda's diagnosis and everything we're going through, I cannot tell you how valuable it is, the card ministry this is about. Go pick up a sheet of paper, pick up a couple cards, send them to people. It really can change the course of their day. So thank you for that punctuating that, Deacon Amy. That's really valuable. As we prepare to receive the meal, I will say in front of the words of institution again, you're all welcome. You're all invited. The ushers will direct you to come forward, and when you do, take the bread and in tincted, dip it into the chalice of your choice. That with red is wine, and that with clear is juice. I invite you as you're able to please stand. So we try to gather our hearts around this image that on the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks for it. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. It is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after the meal, he took a cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is poured out as my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Now, as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, we share in the mystery of Christ's real presence, who is here with us now, and who taught us when to pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, We look forward to sharing the meal with you. Please be seated. The ushers will direct you.
This is where it all begins. This is how we gather in. There is room at the table for everyone. Too long we have wandered, burdened and undone. But there is room at the table for everyone. Let us sing the new world in. This is how it all begins. There is room at the table for everyone. There is room for us all, and no gift is too small. There is room at the table for everyone. There's enough if we share. Come on, pull up a chair. There is room at the table. If 
they told you you will cry, so just look at them and sigh, and know they love you. As you prepare to leave here, do so knowing that the same spirit that drove you to be here for worship is the same spirit that will meet you out on the road, that when you are called to be the person of Christ in any given moment, his grace will be sufficient for you for whatever you need to say, whatever you need to do, because your life, you are in fact changing the course of history for eternity. Please stand as you're able. And now may the Lord God bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And our sending hymn. Get those words ready. See a hambe kukan yen kwen kos. Nervous. Yeah.
world, to go saunter into the world, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our, our postlude is the same, dismissal, go in peace to serve the Lord. Go in 